Hey, good morning, Seattle Kraken fans. Did you wake up with a smile on your face? I sure hope so. 3-0 in, it's the preseason. But let me tell you why this is a perfect example of what we needed to see from this team and why if people are saying the novelty has worn off for us as a fan base, as a team, bring it on. We're going to talk about that and, of course, my dude Donato on this Friday episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Happy Friday. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And, of course, I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala. This is your five days a week podcast on your favorite NHL hockey team, the Seattle Kraken. I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala. I mentioned that. I'm going to say it again just because why not? <laughs> Thank you, as always, as I mentioned earlier, for, for staying locked on Kraken. We appreciate you listening on audio or watching over on YouTube. All right, folks. Uh, now, yesterday um, was a great win. On yesterday's podcast, I... Didn't know what we were going to see. I knew it was going to be tough. I didn't know if we were going to get the win, but I knew that uh, we definitely had some guys with some stuff to prove against a Vancouver roster that's likely going to look more like what they roll with in their season as compared to ours. Uh, Piper Shaw spoke to Morgan Geeky about it pregame, and she tweeted out, that Geeky was saying that guys are fighting for roster spots. We're going to hear from Dave Haxtell and from John Hayden. They're talking about guys fighting for roster spots. And I think that the roster that hit the ice yesterday for the Seattle Kraken definitely made things tougher for their coaching staff and the front office. Just as a recap, we went over this yesterday. You can, of course, watch yesterday's episode or listen to yesterday's episode. It's archives wherever you're listening or watching, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but let's go over this roster one more time. So you had Joey Decord and Nett. I'm going to break that down for you a little bit. Borgen, Flurry, Donato, True, Polcharski, Hayden, hey, Olafson, Coleman, Paganski, Kempney, Riker Evans, Shane Wright, Ty Carte, Cameron Hughes, Geeky, Donskoy, Lind, Seppala, Tennyson, and Petman. All right, that was our lineup for um, the Seattle Kraken yesterday. And now let's let's talk about the game. It was an overtime win. Who got the game-winning goal in the crease by crashing on a breakaway? None other than my favorite guy, who loves us more than he loved any of the others, Ryan Donato. I 
think, and I'm going to put this in the show notes, you should uh, go listen to all of the times that I have shown Ryan Donato love on this podcast. So much that people knew that I was going to talk about Ryan Donato on today's podcast. I like this guy. I think there is still a blue collar type of style to the Seattle Kraken. It's more demure or, you know, uh, subtle. Um, but Ryan Donato shows the passion. So he gets the OT winner, but how did the rest of the game break down? Because it really was kind of night and day how they started. So let's head over to NHL.com. We're going to take a look at the the box score here. And, um, you know, it was two quick goals um, by by Vancouver. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko, excuse me. And there was also another goal that was disallowed. It was an offside. It also was like a kicking. You know, I I keep saying that. I've said it before on the podcast. No one in hockey knows what a kicking motion is. Like, intuitively, we all know what a kicking motion is. But when it comes to hockey, nobody knows what a kicking motion is. Anyway, I digress. Um, So, you know, I – this – these goals go against – Joey Decord, who got the start. Joey, I think, had an okay game. I think the defense in front of him did not have a great game. If you watched what Vancouver was doing, um, they were really cutting through, creating lanes. And what was happening is that Seattle, you want to circle, of course, if they're cutting in front of of the, uh, the net and through the crease. But sometimes then they wouldn't always pinch over. So not all of these goals were on the power play. The first goal was at even strength. And so I think that, you know, that one, maybe you could say Joey could have done better to get on that one. But there's no reason that that weak side or far post should have been so exposed, in my opinion. I looked at it from a defensive perspective. Um, Hughes and Pedersen get the um, assists on that goal the second goal joey got left out to dry to dry all right it was a yawning net he was in position where he was supposed to be it was excellent passing that was a power play goal so you saw vancouver really getting it going on the power play now we have talked about this um let me come out of this for just a minute if you're watching on youtube we've talked about this this week the seattle kraken have been doing okay at on the penalty kill, uh, they haven't done great on the power play. We still got to work on that part of special teams, but they've been doing okay on the penalty kill. Actually, have gotten shorthanded goals, so they're doing even, you know, they're doing really good on the penalty kill, the power kill, if you will. Um, and that wasn't the case with this, again, more experienced roster than what we've seen so far. Uh, let's go quickly to the, the stats here. So you see that the Seattle Kraken, they did get a power play goal. We'll get to that. But uh, the the Canucks had five power play opportunities. We're going to get to that uh, (laughs) in a little bit. But um, they were two for five on the power play. So that means that we gave up two opportunities on our penalty kill units, which is a little bit different than what we've been seeing right now. I'm showing here on the screen for those watching on YouTube shots were 36 to 29. So that's also something we've been hovering in the low thirties throughout 
the 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 preseason. But again, seeing a more NHL ready roster for the first time in the preseason, this is what we're going up against. Um, you know, looking good for faceoffs. I talked a little bit about power play, penalty kill, penalty minutes. Oh, there were a lot of penalty minutes here, and hits were about even. Um, I've talked about it before. I'm not into the fighting uh, when it comes to hockey. It's not my thing. I'll tell you whose thing it is. It's John Hayden's thing. Oh, man. Let's actually go to John Hayden right now talking um, after the game a little bit about the physicality. And the tying goal, when was the last time you had a game quite that diverse? I can't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, it was ugly. The fights were ugly. Um, the, the game got ugly at times, but uh, I thought we stuck together and did a pretty good job. What is their issue with you and, and everybody else? Was there an incident that got under their skin? I just think uh, preseason is pretty competitive. People shouldn't be mistaken. Um, you know, guys are fighting for jobs. Guys are playing hard and um, two competitive groups and, uh, you know, physical play happens. So I uh, thought we did a good job. John, you were instrumental in kind of responding to some of their physicality on your teammates. How important is it for players to show that standing up for one another? Yeah, and it's not even about fighting. Just I thought all, all of our guys did a good job of getting into scrums, being there for each other, um, and that goes a long way in the dressing room. To come back like you did, what does that say to this group, and, and what is the feeling you're going to take away from tonight? Yeah, like I said, it's a young group, um, and I think we kind of had a chip on our shoulder coming into this game, uh, and we just had a blast. We, we didn't quit, and it was a fun night. Where do you think that shift came from, from the first two periods to the third where you guys were able to kind of clean it up and get forechecking a little bit? Yeah, I think um, guys have been putting in a lot of work this week. It just took a little while after the travel to, to get our legs under us. And after that, uh, I thought the compete was there. And like I said, a ton of resilience. Did anyone say anything during that first intermission, or was it just understood in the room what had to be done? Yeah, there's good leaders in there. Um, but I think mostly just guys understand that. Uh, we had we could have elevated and we did. And so for his part, John Hayden got into two fights, but he also got it done. He got a nice little goal for us too. So I, I talked. Um, you heard just Hayden talk about how they started having fun, and it started with Ty Carte. He got that first goal, got that set up. Uh, Shane Wright. I always want to say David. Shane Wright. Um, got his uh, first point primary assist there. Just a nice little setup there. Um, and that was all first period. Then we don't get anything until Cole Lind really, I mean, he had like three whacks at that thing before it crossed the line. Borgen and Tennyson with the assist there. That was the second goal. And then Hayden, the big time enforcer. I mean, I don't know. He's, he, he was definitely sticking up for his teammates. Hayden gets that third goal. And um, I already mentioned the OT goal by Ryan Donato, and that's that's all she wrote for that. But you also talk, you also, excuse me, heard Hayden talk about that. You know, this is a team that had to fight, uh, really had to to get some things going, and and he was a part of that. Um, you know, I. I also know that there were two injuries in this game. So we had Kempney and Jonas, Michael Kempney and Jonas Donskoy head down to the tunnel. Uh, Seattle Kraken PR reported that they would not come back. We're going to hear from Dave Haxtell in a little bit. I'm not going to play this part, but he did say he doesn't have an update. They have an off day today, so we won't really know anything till over the weekend about those two guys and any assessment. Um, you know, just... <sighs> 
we got to see what happened uh, there. You know, with Donskoy, he collided with Lind, but then again, Hackstall said that there was another Vancouver player involved there. It happened right along the benches. So, you know, um, we, we got to see how that goes. But um, I am going to take you um, in the next segment over to Dave Haxel. I want to hear have you um, hear him talk a little bit about it. And then I'm going to talk about Martin Jones. I'm not going to play his media availability, but I want you to – I think we got to put some respect on Martin Jones, and I'm going to talk about that coming up on Locked on Kraken. But right now, let me tell you a little bit more about Bet Online. Remember, that's our presenting sponsor for today's episode of Locked on Kraken. And Bet Online is your number one source for football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. But of course, Bet Online is not just your number one source for football, it's also your number one sport source, excuse me, for other sports, including, of course, the National Hockey League. We've talked about some uh, futures bets. We're going to have over-under odds we're going to talk about on the Locks on NHL Network, so make sure you check that out. So head to Bet Online. You can use your mobile device. You can use your desktop, your laptop, whatever you got, because Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, Seattle hockey fans, thanks as always for listening to Locked on Kraken. Um, let's hear from Dave Haxtell about this game. You know, he really liked um, a lot of things, I think, that he saw from this team, while also knowing that it was not the prettiest game we've ever seen. Let's hear from Dave. Well, we were on our heels for the first 20, 25 minutes of the, of the hockey game, for sure. Um, you know, they, they drove momentum five on five. They drove momentum with, with the power play. Um, but we were able to turn that, and that you know that says a lot about the, the group in, in the dressing room. I mean, we got a little simpler. Uh, we started skating. Um, you know, we uh, we had a couple good four checks, and you know, it's little things that tend to turn momentum, and, and we were able to do that. So that's that's real credit to you know to a young group of guys in that dressing room. Were there any messages sent in that intermission, either no. among the men or from you, or just something they no, came up on? No, we talked about a couple of simple things, but that all comes from them. You can, you could see it. Uh, you know, we had uh, halfway through the second, we had, you know, we had a, you know, a play that was a simple play. It was, a, it was a play that we punched in deep and we got in on the forecheck and uh, spent a little bit of time in the ozone and, um, you know, from there, I thought, it, you know, we were able to. You know, turn the last 10 minutes of the second period in our direction. Not, I mean, we didn't dominate the period, but we we got going, we got skating, we got playing. We were, you know, physical. We were, we had a little bit of, a little uh, passion and fun to our game. I think Dave hit it on the head. Uh, you know, felt that the Seattle Kraken were on their heels early in the game. Felt that the Vancouver Canucks drove a lot of the momentum, and he was asked. If, if he said anything or did this kind of, he just felt that the team focused on getting back to the simplicity of the hockey game, breaking it down, working out some of the nerves or the rust or knowing that this is a young squad. I talked about this a little bit, or I alluded to it yesterday, taking off the training wheels. So you had Jones, uh, you had players like, uh, you know, like like um, John Hayden, um, 
and John Hayden mentioned Donskoy. He mentioned Donnie and Donnie. So that's uh, Donskoy and Ryan Donato. These are some players that I, I think I said this yesterday are like little baby vets, right? They've never had to be the guy in the locker room. Of course, you know, they have experience, but there's always been someone more experienced. So I liked this roster for that. You really had to see who was going to rise to the top. John Hayden. Absolutely. <laughs> My boy, Ryan Donato, as if I ever had a doubt. I always believe in Donnie boy. That's what we do. And then Martin Jones. Martin Jones has not let up a goal in this preseason. Martin Jones is like, that brother looks cool, calm, and collected in net, and I like it. I like it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Philip Grubauer did not look comfortable in net last season. I don't know what it was. What it was it you know like the hockey version of the yips. I don't know. He never got comfortable with his defense. Martin Jones is like he's zenning it out. Like does this brother sage the net before? I wouldn't be surprised because he just looks calm and he has a calming presence is what I'm deducing. I think he's a calming presence also for this Seattle Kraken team. Now, we're going to have to figure out what this means because I like calm. Hockey, I like hockey chaos, but I like calm from my goalie. I, I'm okay with Martin Jones. I'm okay with Martin Jones right now. So we got to see how that works out. I alluded to this yesterday and in the tease. There's an article that's floating around um, and this is from the Seattle Times. It's from our guy, Larry Stone. And, you know, I've, I've heard people allude to this a little bit here and there about the novelty. Oh, you know, you're not the new kid on the block anymore. With the novel worn off, Kraken must improve uh, to regain fans' attention. First of all, first of all, who left? Who left, Larry all right, I'm not really mad at Larry. I'm just being a little extra. Just, you know, I don't want anyone to cut this and like think I'm mad at the guy. I'm being, I'm being dramatic because it's a podcast. I can, I can yell, I can scream um, just for entertainment. I'm not really mad at Larry people, okay? But like, who left? Who left? Did you, did you leave? I, I'm still here. I'm still here. We're still, who, who left? Nobody left. We're not, we're not gone. You brought back Donato and we're happy. Okay, do you see what we didn't leave? Nobody left. So that's number one. The novelty wearing off is the best thing. That's a good thing. I'm okay with the novelty being gone. Whoop, let it go. Let it go. Because now it's time to get down to business. You know what? Because the novelty of it all, Seattle Kraken fans are going to be there regardless. The novelty is not coming from us, folks. It's coming from outside media. I, I know I'm, I am a member of the media, but I'm also speaking to Seattle Kraken fans at this point. And what I mean is that media people who um, are looking for storylines, who's our rival? Are we going to be like Vegas? What are we going to do if we can't be like Vegas? We're going to play hockey. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have a, a better, a better off season, first off season than Vegas. We're going to work to win a Stanley Cup before Vegas. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. So the novelty. <laughs> 
We hold fast, we stay true. The novelty wearing off for the rest of you means we get to get down to business. That's what that means, okay? Okay. You got excitable about our goalie tandem. You got excitable about our dismal expansion draft. You got excited about us having a captain and having let the captain go. These are all things. I've said it before, I'll say it again. In Ron, we trust. I get the sense that Ron Francis and his staff are pretty straight up. Pew, pew, street shooters. Giordano knew what was going down, and he understood it. It is what it is, baby. Ryan Donato, I personally didn't like it, but he understood what was happening, and he made a choice to stay the course, to hold fast, to stay true. And now we're benefiting from it, okay? The novelty. the no Maybe it wore off for you, Larry, or whoever else. It didn't wear off for us because it was never about the novelty. It was about having a hockey team in a city that hadn't had hockey in a while but already knew how to win championships in the National Hockey League. <laughs> Come at me with novelty. Ha! Novelty! Stop it. You stop that. Novelty. We're here. It's the real deal, people. Novelty. Once it wears off for the rest of you, we'll be here. And you'll see. You'll see what we're about. Just, just you wait. Just you wait to quote Hamilton. Coming up next on Locked on Kraken, if my epic rant wasn't enough for you, we're going to close out the show with positionless hockey. It's time. It is time for the positionless hockey talk. And then I'm going to let you get out of here. Watch Hocus Pocus 2. Enjoy your weekend before we come back for Locked on Kraken Another five days a week next week. Coming up, though, my conversation about positionless hockey with the one and only Allison Lucan. Um, okay, I want to switch gears here, and this is going to be a little bit of a fun one because then we're going to get into uh, what I think is going to be a really exciting conversation. But I noticed, Allison, that the way I was saying your name before you started being like a super famous oh, broadcaster <laughs> was different. So I want to, for the record, on Lockdown yes. Tracking, how would you like us to pronounce your name? <laughs> so honestly, so it's long story longer, my husband changes the way he says his own first name when we've had the opportunity to go back to Germany, which is where his family originates from. So I literally do accept all pronunciations. <laughs> I personally say Lucan, but people say it, I've literally heard it four different times today alone. And it's, I know you're talking to me, so it's fine. Okay. Fantastic. I ask because I have a name yeah. that also varies and it also depends like, you know, culturally, if I'm with my family, you might say right. it one way versus, you know, another way. So right. just figured I'd ask. So we'll, we'll just stick with Allison. <laughs> you said it perfectly at the start of the show. So you're right on brand. That's good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So this is the conversation I promised when we had you on the first time that we were going to get back into it. Um, I, am like a purist, right? If I go back to my love, my passion, my first sport of baseball, I am beside myself that now the National League has a DH and I can't take it. And it's like affecting my enjoyment of the sport because I'm, I'm old school. I'm old yeah. school like that. So needless to say, as the conversation of positionless insert sport begins making its way around, I start to sweat. 
I don't I, like in basketball. I'm like, you need a center. You need a point guard. If everyone else wants to run around, okay, fine. But like, I, we got to have a one and a five. We got to have a one and a five. That's me. That's where I come from in like any sports debate. So when you said that you have this vision or you want to see where positionless hockey could go, I was like, I need to know. I need to know all of the things. My body is reacting in a, in a very particular way, but I could be wrong because hockey is still new to me. So let's, well, let's do this, Allison. Make a case for positionless hockey. Let's start first. What does that even mean? What does positionless hockey mean to you? <laughs> so first, I must give a shout out. Um, if people have not read this or read any of the work by Ryan Stimson, um, he is one of the thought leaders in the analytics space going back years and years. Uh, a key person in me, even knowing a tenth of the things I know, has a book um, that you can buy that is called Tape to Space. And it's redefining modern hockey tactics. And I think that if people want to really get into the guts of it, I couldn't recommend a book more. Um, but I think positionless hockey is two things, big, broad things. First and foremost, it's us as viewers of the game changing our expectations of someone who is filling a certain position. Mm -hmm. um, and defense is the perfect example. So defense is my holy grail. We cannot effectively <laughs> measure. We've talked about this. Yes. We cannot effectively measure defense right now in many sports, in part because we can't because we don't have the technology and in part because how do you measure the prevention of something? How do you measure keeping something from happening? So because of that, I think we don't give it its due, to be honest. And then I, I think when we see unless you are as complete a player as Kale McCarr, who does all the things perfectly as a defenseman, mm. the minute a defenseman starts to change what a defenseman looks like, becomes more offensive, starts mm -hmm. to do things differently, we go, oh, but he sucks at defense. Does he? Mm. Or are we thinking about a defender in a very archaic way? Mm -hmm. So I think first as fans, it's about allowing for a broader definition of a role. Mm -hmm. And then on the ice, it is the realization of that. It is saying, we have a unit of five players, and when they are out there, this person does this, this person does this, this person does this, this person does this. It doesn't mean we let go of any other responsibilities. To your point, there still could be someone whose job mm -hmm. is to play the middle of the ice, make sure the puck is distributed, back up the defense, get lower in the zone, what we would traditionally call a center, mm -hmm. but that person could be Kale McCarr for all intents and purposes, right? So mm -hmm. it's about thinking about responsibilities, okay. matching skills to responsibilities and deploying units more so than, and that could even be traditionally like offensive and defensive still potentially. It could be pairs and forwards or whatever you want to do, but it's it's freeing up our minds to allow and accept a player in a certain position to do something different because that's what they're freaking good at. And that's, what's going to help your team find success. Mm, okay. This, okay. I like, I feel the blood pressure coming down. <laughs> I, I, I understand that I, I, the concept of units and I think in hockey that makes that intuitively that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like that's kind of how hockey works. I mean, it, though, in theory, like that's how any sport works. But to me, what, at least what I heard, what it sounds like is that maybe the positionless part is maybe how we even, um, I suppose, classify players. Maybe that's where yeah. we start. Yeah. And then we empower the teams 
to, to your point, create units that are going to best serve the goals and purpose, obviously other than winning, but like how the team wants to win and they can deploy those units. And then uh, a player can be on one unit and play one role defender and be on a different unit and play a different role. hundred percent, hundred percent. Just, just like we see, you know, Florida was a team that was doing this a lot, deploying a five forward power play. Mm-hmm. right <clears throat> technically that's not what people have always done got it but okay. they, their goal was to score as much as possible on the power play so right. they put five offensively minded players out there mm-hmm. and you know i i wrote years ago about the definition of a role called rover which you know there's zakorensky was part of that now kale mccarr is in my opinion mm-hmm. the ultimate embodiment of that but if we want kale mccarr's if we want more kale mccarr's we have to allow that not everyone can be at Kale McCarr's level, but there will be stair steps of players who play like Kale McCarr. They're just maybe not as good. Mm. So if you're not as let's, let's say that Kale McCarr's a rover. Let's just go there. He's a rover. He's not a defender. He's not a forward. There's going to be rovers who aren't as good, which means they're going to make mistakes both offensively and defensively, mm-hmm. but they're still a rover. Don't right. just say, oh, no, that's a dumb defenseman kind of thing. Right. So, I, yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, and that that makes sense. I guess, you know, I think truly and, yeah, this has become like real drama when it comes to WNBA and like voting, mm-hmm. which is also mm-hmm. another issue. But like, you know, if, if, if you want the best and you're limited to how many forwards, how many centermen, how many, you know, exactly. you pick on a team, like exactly. then are you getting the best? Exactly. hundred. This is exactly it. Exactly oh, it. Okay. Okay. I understand. I understand these things now. I think it could also be interesting though, because I mean, hockey, like let's just use the general sports term, right? Substitutions, right. Or changing of lines. Like I think that could be absolute chaos. It's like the fastest chess match in the world. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, and again, that's maybe these, you know, maybe it's, there's one role where there's a lot of players who fill that role and only four players are a unit or only three players are, it's just freeing Mm -hmm. our minds up. And I, and again, like I said, most importantly, allowing us to just say, we need five players out there because we can only have five who have to accomplish these 10 things. So if these two each do two, these three each do three, great. And the next time if they go out, that changes fine, but we're not a center, two wings, two defenders. Right. Got it. Okay. This makes more sense to me. I understand it. I think what is, what will be interesting is if we see more of this kind of concept of positionless hockey take off, although I would argue like just knowing hockey culture as I do, it's going to take a while. Like It it seems like it might take a while. Um, (laughs) But like, if we get there, let's say we're there. I think what's also going to be interesting. And I think we're we're seeing this in baseball. I mentioned, you know, I'll have my grapes about baseball. Um, But one of the things is that we're hearing is that now the, that major league baseball is going to start instituting where you can't shift. Right. And I don't like the shift, but more so because it's like these big, bad baseball boys can't just lay down a bunt or a slash. Exactly. Exactly. Just adjust exactly. to the adjust to the shift. If exactly. you lay down a bunt, nobody's going to shift on you anymore. Or they'd have to at least think about, are you going to shift this time? When are you, you know, like you have to think about it. Um, and so that's the only thing that I worry about because we've seen this at, at league levels. Again, I'm not going to, I don't want to put you in a hot seat, but league levels, you know, we, we've seen that 
as the sport evolves, as the technology, bats, sticks, you know, composite, mm-hmm. all this stuff, as this stuff changes, um, as the training of the athletes change, then you start changing little parts of the game to let's say um, enhance the aspects of the game that you think are most entertaining for fans to watch, which, which then ultimately changes how it's being played, whether it's, you know, pitchers in baseball having to get used to a ball with different seams, which of course was great. If you like home runs sucks. If you make your money trying to not have people hit home runs, (laughs) you know, and things like that. So I'm, I'm very curious. I think, okay, I'm open. I've opened my mind now to this idea of positionless hockey. I understand it now. I appreciate you breaking it down. I think you did that in a very good way. That was digestible for, for me as someone who's very excitable about things changing. And and again, like I, and I just scratched I just scratched the surface and you know, again, please read Ryan's work, please read Ryan's book. But you know, I think as you were, as you were talking about baseball, it's, it's again, I think this would really challenge too, who really is a creative and great GM? Like, you know, Patrick Mm. Line in Columbus is a perfect example. Some people say Patrick Line is making too much money because all he does is score goals. Okay. But does Columbus need someone who can score a lot of goals? Yeah. So is it money well spent? Maybe if they build the rest of the team around it and deploy him in a way that sets him up, understood so you know you know it's this whole thing too like if you Mm -hmm. have a specialist who's a really freaking good specialist that should be okay as long as you can build a great team around him to complement that so again i think this could just make things a lot more fun i like it i get it i like it it's good i like it yes it's good it's good it's good well allison we're just gonna have to have you back uh this has been fantastic um, I know you're in Seattle and I know it's only day one. So that means there's a lot more to get done. We're going to get all the amazing content. I cannot wait. Like the, the team that we're going to get as fans watching the game, like how spoiled are we? <laughs> I mean, saw like the, the, the epic photo that y'all took. And I was like, oh, they're leading all the way into the fact that we are, <laughs> we cannot wait to have a home game so we can hear all of the amazing talent that's going to be on the broadcast yourself included of course <laughs> well thank you we are we again like i said we are so excited um and you know the addition of both eddie and nick olchek you know this is just only going to make us better and more knowledgeable and hopefully more fun and informing to our fans as they watch along so we're we're literally just happy to be here and do the best we can <laughs> and uh we thank y'all for sticking with us All right, folks, that is our show. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. Remember, in this house, we respect, we put all the respect on the Ron father. Uh, We are going to ride it out with Dave Haxtell. I like what you're doing, Davey boy. I I like what you and your your staff have going. You have built a now that is going to fight, and they're going to have fun. I know it's just the preseason, folks, but early returns, I like it. We're getting there. We're getting there. Soon it's going to be the real deal. So enjoy your weekend. Enjoy spooky season, Hocus Pocus 2, whatever you're doing. I will catch you on Monday right back here for Locked on Kraken. You know how we do. Be kind to yourself and to each other. Hold fast. Stay true. Let's go Kraken.